Welcome to session number one of Carnivore Coaches Corner, a podcast dedicated to meatheads of all ages, shapes, and sizes who want to take their health and their physiques to the next level. With each session, you'll learn from Jonathan Griffiths, the original carnivore bodybuilder from the UK. Also, you'll learn from Mark Ennis, who is a functional nutrition therapist, RFU rugby strength and conditioning coach. He's also currently on contest prep and lives in Dublin, Ireland. And I am Colt Milton, your All-American Classic Physique athlete and coach. We are here every single week answering your questions submitted by email to admin at supersetyourlife.com, frequently asked questions from each of our regular one-on-one consultations, and discussing trending topics related to the carnivore diet and hypertrophy training. This is our first session in which we will discuss false keto treats, pooping without fiber, and why you're probably better off without it, definitely better off without it in my experience, pump supplements for low-carb athletes, especially citrulline, malate, and quite a bit more. So grill up a steak, kick back, and listen up to Coach Jonathan as he kicks things off, starting with shopping. Colt, for example, if you went over to our biggest supermarket over here, maybe like a big, you know, Asda out of town, yeah. you might have three or four products total on the shelf that have keto labeled on them. Like four, three or four products total. And that's a big wow. shop, big ass shop, you know, like 10, 15 aisles. Um, it might be like a keto protein powder, keto bar of some sort. But even then, you look at it and look at the ingredients. It's like, oh, it has seven grams of carbs in it. And it's like, we can have like yeah. one then. If you're eating like vegetables and <laughs> yeah. stuff, so it's yeah. not really keto, you know. Oh, bro, no, you go to the supermarkets here, and everything says keto. Like, there's there's like an entire keto aisle, and none of it's keto. It's it it, it like uh, there's keto hamburger buns. I mean, like half of the bun is basically all of your net carbs you can eat for the entire day if you're on mm-hmm. if you're on keto. You know, it, it's it's just a joke. Yeah, and um, and, and we and we have a much higher obesity rate here in the u.s yeah. than what you guys have which is really weird how how does that make any sense well, it's, that... <laughs> well Cole, Cole, i was thinking about this earlier actually um, mark will have exactly the same experience so if you go to a fast food restaurant restaurant um a large portion of fries over here is about 120 grams yeah if where you are a large portion of fries is like 200 or, two, or 200 grams or more portion sizes are you know, major yeah we don't right. have super size over here we have so it depends where you go, but like regular and large, that's about it. Yeah, you know. Mm. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't notice that when I was in Europe. All all the portion sizes were 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 way larger. I mean, like for 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 me growing up, lunch was an entire pizza, like like mm. a, a medium or a large pizza. Like I mean, probably probably north of like five thousand calories if we're going to talk about calories, but right, yeah. you know, in, in one in one sitting, and that's that, I don't know. That's kind of typical, like. You grow up on a ranch and you work and you work hard and, and you and you and you got and you got to pack a lot of food away, um, but that's I mean that's that, that you can get away with it and it doesn't look like you're damaging your body and then you start, and then then you then you get older and have kids and everybody puts all this weight on because they never get away from those from, from those eating habits. I'm mm-hmm. amazed at how long I got out, got um got around eating massive amounts of food for as long as I did. Like I'm like I think I did maybe. Like again, if we're talking about calories, maybe between five and eight thousand calories a day. You know, some some weeks it's at eight thousand, and that's through like pizza, back, bags of sweets, protein bars, and all sorts of crap. Yeah, like, like I'm talking about loads of stuff. 
But like every meal for me, when I was at uni, right, it'd be about four slices of toast, then about, you know, quite a bit of butter on each one. Then I have maybe six eggs, might have some baked beans, like half a tin of baked beans. That was meal one. Meal two was like something before the gym, so it might be like a protein shake with an apple or something, you know, something daft. Um, meal three, four, and five would be like a ready meal with an extra chicken breast, with an extra potato. Then another meal want me like a whole pizza you know like there's like two pound pizzas you get like the takeaway ones like two thousand calories whatever yeah i went i went crazy and that was what i was eating like for years and my body just gave up eventually um i caught a major viral infection in mm. around 2016 roughly um while i was eating lots of food i had such a leaky gut my body was wrecked and what happened after that point was i was eating and eating and eating but i couldn't hold weight on I was getting more and more sick, and up throwing up every day for around three months straight. Um, so I'd wake up, walk to the loo, and throw up, and that was every single day. Um, it, it shifted eventually once I ate a bit less and started eating less vegetables and stuff like that, and less sugar. Less sugar overall made the biggest difference. Um, mm. But yeah, that was that was a horrific experience. Um, I, I do attest the, the diet to it. You know, it was the diet. Mm. Um, yeah. Have you have you know have you noticed? Um, let's see. So when most people make that transition from keto to carnivore, the the, the big the, the biggest difference really is plants and fiber. Um, have have either of you noticed? Or I guess what do you typically see as far as I'm just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it bowel movements go, <laughs> um, because yeah. I'm I'm one and done first thing every single day without effort uh basically just like barquet talks about and so i never have any plants and never have any any, any fiber in my in, in my diet and so it's predictable and it's like clockwork like it literally never changes um i got three or four people that still have like some fiber in their diet um but they're mostly carnivore i would say 95 percent, and they're still having bowel issues so that's something that we need to fix <laughs> you know? What's your guys' yeah. experience with with coaching people through that kind of stuff? I mean, it's a it's always going to be a tapered approach. Um, it's hard to get people to get rid of these things because you know when you look at a plate and I mean, I just said earlier, I looked at Colt's plate and thought, oh, that ground beef and butter look good. Was two two foods. You know, there's nothing else in it. Mm-hmm. But some people they need that visual appeal where actually thinking, okay, I need my my tomato, yeah. and my lettuce leaves, my cucumber, and all this that sort of this that never. It just doesn't That's look like people, a complete meal. Yeah, the, I get what you mean. Yeah, it's the color of the rainbow, isn't it? We were all taught the color of the rainbow. You must have the color of the yeah. rainbow. Oh, that's the dumbest advice. <laughs> yeah, where is the science behind that? <laughs> that's what you should eat. All the colors of the rainbow. Like, Go for it. Wow. One nutrition lecturer suggested that, and her um, her proposal was that they have different polyphenol properties. <laughs> and I said, why do we need polyphenols? And she couldn't really answer to me. She just said they're beneficial. I'm like, yeah, they're beneficial, but why are they beneficial? Past that point, she didn't really understand it. And I was like, mm. uh, Because they're fixing the problems of the plants. At that point, maybe I was like, I don't really agree here. Yeah, I was, I was the same. Crap, so. I was the same. I took, on, I took on a girl there about two weeks ago, and she was in a really, really bad way with her digestion. And uh, she has a few uh, issues with, with her joints and um, she's got a bad back issue. And I looked at, I looked at her diet and she was, eat, she was saying that she's eating a lot of vegetables, 
eating a lot of processed food. So I said, right, what we're going to do is we're going to phase them out every week. So I phased out the processed food the first week. And then I said in the second week, right, we're going to remove all veggies. She needed a heart, needed had a heart attack. She said, why are we, why are we removing veg? Why are we removing veg? So then when I looked at, when I looked at her, she, she told me that she goes to the toilet pretty much every two or three days. So she was constipated. So I said to her, like, listen, we're going to, we're going to remove all the veg. And, uh, we had a bit of a spat over it, but we agreed in the end. And um, we can keep a little bit here and there. But um, once we removed the vegetables out of her diet, she was, she was, her energy level, she just, she felt a little bit lighter. She said she felt yeah. so much lighter. Now she wakes up every morning. Now she's going to the toilet. She feels great. She's not as bloated. And she understands now, like when, when you have to fire bring your diet, it actually slows, it actually slows the digestion down a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. And why would you want to? Yeah, when you, you, when you explain to someone, you just you're just giving your body an extra chore that it doesn't need to do. But when, but like Jonathan said, like yeah. it's all about like if you say to somebody, right, you're just gonna have a piece of steak and a bit of butter on your plate, they're gonna look at that and say, well, no, hang on a second, I'm actually missing out on something here. But I think the more that's why I'm never I'm never a fan of, for me personally, to put my clients into like the, this phase of going straight into it. I would rather like ease them into it. Because if I say, right, okay, listen, you're going to be going, you're going to be just having steak, you're going to have your butter, you're only going to be having like chicken thighs or something like that. They're going to look at me and say, you're, you're, you're bleeding mental. You're mental. But I think once you phase them into like different areas, they understand why we're going this direction. Because they're listening to their body. If, they, if those gut issues have been removed and they're feeling better, they understand why two or three weeks, this is the reason, this is the reason why we're going in this direction in the first place. Yeah, they'll never experience that benefit until they just pull the plunge and think just try it honestly even just if, try yes. it and it sounds even if it's something that doesn't works. sound like it's that big of a culprit like a, like a like a handful of nuts a day or something do you think that's enough mm -hmm. to keep to, to keep them from getting um, a bit more regular and having more friendly bathroom visits mm. i think i think things like that can in effect punch holes in the intestinal lining um you know like think of it this way imagine you've got like a pipe with um Maybe like a balloon in it or something. It's got like a balloon kind of in a tubing to it. You put something spiky down it. So even like the micro hairs, that are leaves and things and salad, anything sharp like that, that's got to work down there. Now if you chew up meat and just put some water down it, because um, your, your stomach acid will produce, you know, acid, which is like a liquid to emulsify it and bash it down. You put mm -hmm. that down it and just with meat, it will just slip down just nicely. But this, mm -hmm. that doesn't happen with vegetables because the fiber can't be broken down. So it's mm -hmm. so much more intensive to everybody to deal with. Um, and I think for a lot of people, that minor stress can become a de-stress. So it actually causes a problem. Um, with me, I noticed when I've had fiber in my diet, it makes it's horrendous. And I'm talking about just strange bowel movements, you know. Mm -hmm. It might be days, it might be really frequent. Um, your body's trying to get it out of your system effectively. Um, but yeah, mm. kind of answering your question. I mean, I, I go once a day. Uh, depends how my, my body's going. If I'm not very active, I'm not able to eat much. I feel a bit sick. Then it'll be it'll be scaled to that. So I might go five times a week. But yeah, usually five to seven times a week is my my norm, and it's pretty normal every time. I must say. <laughs> and what are you? What are you guys' opinion of having like something like um, to help with digestion first thing in the morning, like say glutamine, apple cider vinegar, things like that. What are your guys' opinion on that? Colton as well, so. <laughs> I, I don't actually. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to guess that you'll say neither. 
Um, I'm going to say neither. I mean, there are studies where people have used around, I think it's 10 to 30 grams of glutamine in the morning. And they say it helps to repair the gut lining. Then mm. my argument to that would be, if you're eating that same amount of glutamine for the protein you're eating, what benefit would that have? And as for apple cider vinegar, um, I believe it has a pH of around 4.5. And your digestive system, your, your lower gut, your body does all the work, basically. The pH is around 1.5 to 2. So you're actually causing a dilution effect to your gut, which means when you're drinking apple cider vinegar, even if it's raw form, you know, without it watered down, it's actually diluting your stomach acid. So imagine now people having that, which is 4.5, adding water to it, maybe it gets to about, say, 5.5. You're actually just doing nothing. You're actually making it more difficult for your body to um, assimilate protein and fat. So um, I'm not I'm not a fan of either, really, but... I think out of the two, glutamine is probably more useful, if anything. But yeah, as, as yeah, I, think. yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I'm glad you said that because glutamine is kind of the only one that I've been hanging on to, and it seems to be like the at least around here, um, all the bodybuilding coaches are pretty much adamant that it's something that should be um, that should be in your diet if you expect to be recovering adequately and having decent digestion too. Kind of the same, it's recommended for the same thing. So yeah, I'm, mm. I guess I'm still a believer. <laughs> Yeah, it's shocking. Um, but people will, it does provide a very, very potent um, effect on the placebo system. You know, yeah. people use it because it's a routine thing you can use. You know, it's simple, it's mm. like a cap, cap full of day or whatever, but mm. uh, logically, it doesn't make sense. Um, mm. At the same time, though, it can. It does have like some antimicrobial, antifungal effects that if your body's ridden with parasites, then maybe it has some effect there. But mm. I think there's a lot more benefit to be had from just the diet. I, alone, really. I think I think in that situation, though, I think that's where fasting is very, very powerful. I think yeah. fasting is probably a better yeah. protocol. Yeah, just listen yeah. to your body. Just don't overload the body with a lot of foods. Let the, let the, the, body, the body has the best digestive system. So... Just like let the body take it over. You don't need anything to. You don't need any enzymes or anything like that to help the process. Just let your body do the work itself. So if you feel like you're you're being overloaded with a lot of food, then step back. Maybe you maybe you need a twelve hour fast. Maybe you need an eight hour fast. You probably need a day or a day fast. Just listen to your body. There's, there's been many many times when, especially when I'm ill and I can't eat anything at all, I'm not going to force anything into my body. My body doesn't want any food. So if I want to uh, speed up the recovery process when I'm ill. More than likely, I'm going to go the whole day. Well, I'll go the whole day fasting. I'm not going to miss it anything the next day. So, I think fasting is very, very powerful as well. Mm. Good stuff. Hey, yeah, Mark, I've only um, had one case where I recommended that sort of thing, like the enzymes. But that was a case where the guy wasn't eating anything, and everything he ate was really messing him up. And he tried fasting already, but um, for some reason that didn't help him. So, money. I spoke to this gentleman in a consultation that was a one-off. So. Do I know his full past, his history, what he's currently, you know, it's hard to piece piece apart, really. Mm. You're sorry, what you're um, saying, Yeah, so so Mark, you um, you 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 you're kind of a fan of having just like a little bit of food in your stomach when you train in the morning, but you're otherwise fasted without that first meal, and so like it's it's either a little bit of but like like um, some cacao butter or bacon, typically, right, and then um, like your vitamin D and. Uh, cod liver oil that's usually what you have first thing before going to the gym 
No, so I, so I go to the gym at 6 a.m. every morning. So the the meal the meal I have right now, I just had my meal there about half an hour ago. Yeah. That's what's gonna that's what's gonna fuel me for in the morning. So I had yeah. my meal. I had my meal around eight o'clock. I'm 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 full now. When I wake up in the morning, I won't have any. I won't be stuffed. I won't be. I won't feel heavy. I won't feel lethargic. It feels quite good now. Whereas if I eat something really, I'll know if I eat something really really hard or heavy, I wouldn't be able to go to sleep. I'd be in bed, I'd be farting, I'd be breaking wind all night and I wouldn't be feeling good at all. So, um, no, I, I'm a big believer, like, what you eat before, if you're training in the morning, make yeah. sure you, that, that meal that you have the night before is is so important. That's what's going to fuel you. If you are going if you are going to the gym training fasted, if you're if you're not going to the gym training fasted, then, and you have a couple of hours, to, a couple of hours spare in the morning to eat, I'm a big fan of having, like, a small snack before you go to the gym. Okay. Maybe a little bit of protein, a little bit of fat, but not too much. But I would, I would always ensure that's at least maybe two or three hours before you go to the gym to ensure the digestion process. If you've already digested, I feel probably first. Okay. Um, would it, would either of you have a concern about because like you're because that person would otherwise be um, like basically sixteen eight fasted, you know? So like in your case, like you're basically sixteen eight right now, right, Mark? Um, yeah, rough that. Yeah, rough that. Roughly about that. Yeah, okay. about, about fifteen nine, I'd say. Okay, so I guess my question for both of you is, um, would a would a small amount of say five grams protein and fifteen grams of fat, um, with a couple pills like um, vitamin D, cod liver oil, would that be enough to ruin any kind of benefits that you're getting from the fast in terms of digestion and, 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 and overall health gym performance aside? I wouldn't put the 15 grams before the training. Personally, I would rather have slightly higher protein when I'm going into the workout, but simply because I don't want anything slow digestion through my workout. So I want to have something that's going to be fast. So this is where I'll have I'll have some sort of protein, but I'll have a little bit, of, maybe a little bit of MCT oil in my coffee or something, just something small, just to give me that energy boost that I need. But I know I know if I have an awful lot of fat before my workout, then it's gonna pretty pretty much sit in my gut by the end of the workout. I want to make sure that I've emptied everything before the workout's over. So when I go home, I feel good, and yeah. about two hours later, I'll eat again. But if I have a high fat mo- a high fat meal before I go training, I probably won't eat for another five or six hours because I'm completely full, even though I ate like six hours ago. Okay, wow, good stuff. Yeah, I've I've, I've noticed too. Um, training with fat, like even even a keto brick, a keto brick is probably like the only thing that I could eat and just go to the gym and work out. But e- but even but even then, it's just um, it, it's it's like my body's like okay, we're either fasted and training or fed and not training and uh you know eating a meal and then going to the park and playing with the kids great we can do that um but anything that has like a certain that that has a certain amount of intensity to do it i just find impossible to do with any kind of food in my stomach Mm. is this in regards to your um training cult the five protein 15 fat oh no um I think that that's kind of that's kind of what Mark was doing for a for a little while, right? Before going to the gym, that's why I brought those that's why I brought those numbers up, because because it was just like a couple pieces of bacon you would you would down it and then and then go. I thought, or maybe though mm-hmm. maybe that was after the gym. No, that's after the gym. Okay, my bad. So my so my that's meals pretty much yeah. start my my meals pretty much start for the day when I come back from the gym. Okay, and then I'll eat every, I'll eat every two or three hours. 
when do you take those um when do you take those supplements then your cod liver oil and your vitamin d after tra training because if you took it before training there would just be nothing to chase it down there'd be no point because it can't really there's nothing else to, to digest no not really like if i'm gonna if i if i if i was um anal about it i'd probably take it before i go to bed but it doesn't make any difference to me as long as i'm taking it with some sort of fat soluble meal especially the vitamin d then i'm still getting the benefits of it so um i don't i don't want anything going into my body at all before i go train that's the last thing i'm thinking about i'm not waking up a i'm not waking up a little bit earlier thinking oh i have to get a little bit of food in my body before i go training i want to get that extra half an hour 45 minutes sleep i wake up I'm fully hydrated. Yeah. Look at my journal. Know exactly what I'm going to do. Get in, smash it, and then, then when I come home, let my body relax. Uh, have a shower. Do my work. Then I listen to my hunger signals. When I'm hungry, then I'll eat. I'm not gonna. I'm not. That's what I used to do in the past. I used to think that by listening to everybody, you ha oh, you have to have your protein shake after training. You have to eat an hour later. Yeah. That fucked that fucked me up big time. I was like, no, I'm not doing that ever again. From now, I'm listening to my body. I'm only gonna eat when you want to eat. If I'm not hungry, I'm not gonna force feed because that's what gave me gut issues in the past. I was just bombarding my butt. Like Jonathan, I was eating a lot of food. Maybe, a, again, calories wise, I was probably eating around four, maybe four and a half thousand calories of pure crap. I was eating probably about 80% carbohydrate diet. And I just, as I said, I felt like rubbish because I felt like, okay, like I used to have cyclic dextrin and all through my workouts. I used to sip on aminos. I used to have a big, big jug of aminos and cyclic dextrin and creatine. I used to drink that during my workout. And I've always trained fast. Like I've always done an hour. And I'd be sipping on this bleeding drink. And honest to God, I'd be, I'd be puking up halfway through the workout. And I said, this, this can't be right. And then they want me to drink a protein shake after training. And then they want me to have a meal. I was like, how is this possible? And then the more you've done the research on this and you watch people saying that this is how you do it, this is how you do it. You're like, there must be another way. There has to be another way. This can't be sustainable for the rest of your life. Can't be. Exactly. Yeah. In regards, to, in regards to your question, sorry, Colt, about the five grams of protein, five, 15 grams of fat, um, mm -hmm. I think it depends who you are in it, in a sense. So, like, Mark, not ideal. I mean, if he trains at five, six in the morning, yeah, he's not going to want to wake up and sacrifice sleep that much to have a small feeding sort of thing. But um, if it is you, Colt, yeah, you could probably do that with me problem. Um, I mean, I had breakfast today an hour before training, roughly, and that had about 70 grams of fat in it. Now, if you put me in that position, say, two months ago, and my gut was really wrecked, no oh. chance. No, you know, no chance. Like, maybe 20 grams. Like, maybe, like, some, maybe, like, four eggs and a bit of cheese and a bit of butter with it. Maybe that'd be it. Um, so, I think it, it depends on your metabolism sort of thing, so how much you can deal with if they're a given day. I think, Colt, you'd probably be fine if you trained fasted or with a little bit of food in you, really, but... It's good to have that routine, I think. It's good to have that sort of scheduling. I think that's probably the most important thing. And like Mark rightly said, don't sacrifice sleep for the sake of having a mini meal, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> I might suggest yeah, to, to um, Mark to have the, um, if, if he's going to have the cod liver on the vitamin D, have that around midday if he has a midday meal. Ideally. Um, um, yeah, I, I, had, I, had a co I had a coach... Um, not, not my primary coach, but um, I, had, I had a coach one time through through um, through, through my bodybuilding shows that was adamant that I had to have a meal first thing in the morning when waking up before doing any kind of training, and so I did it. And it was and like I had I had to get up earlier, like I just wasn't ready to eat. It's, it's, it's just I've never been one to 
eat really until in, until later in the day. And then when I do, I eat a lot. <laughs> you know, I make I make up for it. And I definitely get and I definitely get everything in. But um, to to just give general advice that every that breakfast is the most important meal and that you need that fuel to be able to have a good workout and optimize your body your 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 bodybuilding and hypertrophy is just uh, no. <laughs> no 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 science nor anecdotal evidence even that I'm aware of <laughs> that supports that. No, it doesn't make sense. And the best person that's going to always know this is you. You're going to understand, like, okay, is this is this right for my body? You're going to make the decision. Nobody else is going to make it for you. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well said. What about what about citrulline malate? What's your thoughts on that? Is that a good idea for someone on a carnivore diet? That's a good question. Um, it depends how well people tolerate the malate side of it. So it's very acidic for a lot of people. Um, so for people that don't know, I believe citrulline malate is made in a two to one ratio. So if, for example, you had six grams of citrulline malate, four grams of citrulline, two grams of malate. Um, if you have that sort of product, like pre-workout sort of thing, maybe half an hour to an hour before you find your stomach's churning, you feel sore, like your gut feels, a bit, uh, you know, I might suggest just trying citrulline on its own. Um. I think it's quite an individual thing. I mean, people um, suggest online that the malate is useful for the one of the biochemical energy cycles in the body, uh, which one I can't remember for the life of me, but they find it useful for that, so eliminating fatigue. But at the same time, I think, you know, it could be a stressful thing to have in, so ideally just have the citrulline personally. And I mean, I've used around probably say six to 10 grams of citrulline alone as a pre-workout for a long time. And I like that sort of dose um, for me. It's a good vasodilator, helps with the pump. Um, mm -hmm. I think may, I think most of the benefit from it is just having a sick pump, really. Yeah. What do you think, Mark? So, so, so you have noticed that it helps? It helps in the sense that I feel more motivated to train. My blood flows better. I have better muscle contractions. So, yeah, yeah. What about you, Mark? And when, now, when it comes to pre-workout supplements, I'm not a fan at all, to be honest. Um, I find that if I want to get a good pump in the gym, I'll just add some salt into my water during my workout, and that's when I feel amazing. I know when I, when I get really fatigued in the gym, the minute I have a sip of water, those pumps are just in, incredible. Um, I just feel I feel, I feel feel huge when I have salt in my water during my workouts, especially if I do a set. Like my muscles are like pumped full of blood. I feel really, really good. Um, I just find that, like when you look at when you look at what you can do, to what outside you can do. Like people think that I need to spend a lot of money on supplements to get like this kind of pump in the gym. When it's all you need is just water and just salt. That's it. It's and it's it's probably it's probably the best pump formula studied ever drink that you can have when you're doing your training. That's just in my opinion. I just I find that if you get hooked on pre-workout supplements or any kind of supplement in general, you're gonna be you're gonna be buying that for the rest of your life. But I think that pretty much less is more, really, in fairness, because I've I've noticed that difference between I have, ta have taken citrine melee in the past, and it's it's it felt felt really really good, but I haven't noticed any difference at all to what I'm taking now. None at all. I feel actually quite more. I feel actually more powerful now. When I'm just sipping on my uh, uh, salty water during, during my workout, and if anything, I don't. Again, I don't. I don't. It doesn't hinder my performance in the gym at all. I, I, I felt like Jonathan said. Like usually, when I have a pre pre workout, I can feel that like growling in my stomach before I go to the gym. It's a little bit heavy. Whereas when I go into the gym, 
I'd rather just go into the gym. My tummy is empty. I feel really, really good. There's no, there's no energy, energy distress there whatsoever. Um, and I'm not going to counteract that by putting in a supplement that I don't, actually don't need. And plus, it might save you money as well going forward. Oh, for sure. So I sent you a yeah. stim-free pump rolling formula that has citrulline malate two one, and it has I'm going to try it. I'm okay. going to try and see what happens. Yeah. Okay. So okay, bro. So give me, and I, and I know you will otherwise, but um, but but give me your honest opinion on it. And if mm-hmm. and if you and if you notice a, a better pump, tell me. And if you don't, I'm cutting it out and I'm going to stop taking it. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, Sounds good. Yeah, because the only supplements that I'm taking right now that I haven't really given up yet is TAG, which is transalloglutamine, mm-hmm. um, and then the stem-free pump, and I mean maybe a relight, and that's that's pretty much it. Um, and mm-hmm. I and and the product that I'm using, does, oh excuse me, and um, uh, Vitagen. It's a it's it's basically a mul- it's it's kind of a it's a liquid multivitamin is what it is. It has rhodiola in it and, and ashwagandha, um, and they're sweetened with sucralose. So that's kind mm-hmm. of my that's kind of my carnivore sin right now that I'm not really mm-hmm. that I'm not willing to give up. <laughs> um, but but if but if somebody can but if somebody can legitimately talk me out of a citrulline malate, okay, yeah, I'll 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 try I'll try it. But not well, all I all I all I can say is like I'm holding you two together, and I've been taking supplements mm-hmm. for a long long a long long time. Like I've been yeah. taking them for well over twenty years, well over, and I spent a fortune. And I have to say, since in the last couple of years, since I've cut them out, I don't think anything has changed for me personally. Yeah. I think I think the only way you you guys will understand that is when you get to my age and you understand that I actually don't need these supplements anymore. And then you understand that I yeah. actually didn't need I actually didn't need these in the past. Yeah. Now, as I said, I I tried every single so everything you, you can possibly think mm. of. I tried. I I did the whole lot. I used oh, to do pre work. <laughs> not, not, not as many as me, bro. I guarantee you. <laughs> I mean, everything. Like, this will put muscles, right? muscles on you. Great. Is it natural? It's not a banned substance. That's great. I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did, I did the, the most dangerous concoctions you could ever think of. I did, I did pre workouts with Red Bull. I did pre workouts with Lucasade. Oh, Honest man. to God, I, I, drank, I drank casein, <laughs> I drank casein protein during my training. I mean, I, I done the whole lot. Honestly, I did everything. I drank, I, there was times when I was drinking milk during my training. I did, uh, honestly, I did everything. And I, was like, I said to myself like this, there has to be another way. And yeah. when I look at this, when I look at the supplements industry now, I'm like, dude, honestly, you don't need any of this shit. You really don't. I mean, the only supplements you need pretty much is for your health and that's it. You're going to get more benefits out of supplements that you're getting for your health because like the vitamin D and there's a bit of question mark with fish oil. But if you're if you're raising your testosterone pretty much all the time and especially as you get older, it's a little bit harder to raise your testosterone. So that's when I recommend that we you definitely increase your vitamin D. You might need some sort of other supplements to keep that going as well. But it, that's, but that's, like, just, that's just when you and your wife need to start making more trips to the fun shops, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make sure you got all the caveat for me saying. <laughs> yeah, so Mark's completely correct. Um, yeah. Everyone that watches my channel knows that I always say the same thing. Um, the goal is for no one to need or take any supplements. I don't think there's any supplements that you actually need. Um, and Mark is right. Like I'm sure, like ten years down the line, I'm look back and think, oh, it was a complete waste of time taking all these like extra creatine powders. And in terms of, like the actual percentage of gain to whatever performance or physique benefit I get. Yes, it's probably so marginal, I wouldn't even notice it. Probably better off spending my money elsewhere. Um, the thing is, I've used citrulline, and I noticed a benefit in terms of like being pumped. 
Now, is that does does that mean if I used it versus not used it, my physique will be better a year year from now? Probably not. <laughs> it's more um, a vanity thing, you know. It's more of a I'm with you there. Too, a, yeah. a show thing. You see what yeah. I mean? It's not like um, it's like it's like going to the gym. You're wearing your your favorite vet, gym vest, you know. And you got your favorite um, uniform on like your kit, your best shoes on that sort of thing. When you feel like you're you belong, sort of thing. Yeah, it's a different kind of thing. But I completely agree with what Mark's saying. Like most supplements, yeah, that's trash. You don't need them. Um, like on my clients' plans, there's about I think there's about three of ever recommended, ever. Um, you can ask any one of the, any one of them if they pop up in the chat. I'll tell you, it's always the same free. Um, so, yeah, and I'm the I mean, same. Like, not, not other stuff, but yeah, I'm the same. Like, not one, not one of my clients are on supplements. Not one. I can tell you, can tell you that now. And they'll always say to me, like, "What can I have a protein shake? Can I not have creatine? Can I not have pre-workout?" And they, they would have been like us. They would have fell for all this bullshit. Like, when it comes to the market about protein shakes and all that. But once they take them out, they feel so much better. The performance in the gym is so much better. They're getting stronger. They're getting a good pump. So it's like, why spend more money on something that you just do not need? Spend it on the of the family, I think. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spend it on quality food. You're never going to outweigh quality food. Yeah. If you buy food, if you've got 70 euros, don't go into the shop and buy a tub of protein. Go out, go into the shop and get yourself some decent food. That's it. Simple. And, and, We've and got it, some I, questions I in the just... live chat, guys. Oh, good. Go ahead. Let's, 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 let's go there. Go. Let's go for it. We'll, let's go I'll for just it. count three of them. One, yep. two. There's about four in it. So we can right. get through these quite quickly, probably. Um, yeah. The first one is from Lucky, I believe is hey. Mark's current client. Uh, Mark and I are tag teaming it. Yep. Tag team. Lucky her. Yes. Can you build muscle using lighter <laughs> weights with more reps and utilize? I'm under tension. I'm yeah. sorry, I missed the I think part if, of the if, um, Yeah, so she asked, hi guys, can you build muscle using lighter weights with more reps and utilize time under tension? Yeah, Jonathan, um, why don't you take this one because she talks to us all the time. That's fair, yeah. Um, yes, I'm sure Mark's probably had some... Um, ideas towards that which has probably benefited her in some way um yeah i think you can as long as you're going close to muscular failure at least to a safe point where you know you can't quite lift the rep the, the weight sorry um i've actually got two videos coming out on time extension soon i say soon it might be about three weeks from now but um look out for those and Everybody i think yeah it's completely turn possible just get the time extension right so Turn, turn on post yeah. to this channel so you see those videos when they come out. Yeah, that's a good shout. A lot of my subscribers miss my videos sometimes, and they're like, I didn't realize you've posted a video every single day for the last month. I'm like, yeah, I've been doing it quite steadily. Me too. Yeah, time and attention is definitely a way to do it. Um, I don't think there's anything... I know what Mark's um, expertise is towards this and what he's told you already, because we've had this kind of chat before, like on a live video, so... There's nothing I could really add to what he suggested to you, really. Um, do you guys anything, have anything to add to that, or is it just the same sort of thing? Oh, just, yeah, I mean, a little bit of context, too. She's going to be um, undergoing rotator cuff surgery soon. So, um, basically, we need to train her from the waist down, I guess. <laughs> um, we need to have a conversation with her, um, um, with a doctor on, 
you know, what's going to yeah. be safe and not safe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You guys are fine the right exercises. Um, if it hurts, don't do it. If it puts you in a compromised position, don't do it. Um, yep. Train your legs and get huge quads. Look sick. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the foundation right there. Anyway, if you build the legs, everything else will be alright. Yeah. Hundred <clears throat> percent. Um, what what are your guys' reasons for going carnival? Health, performance, look, or any other things? Good question. Also, good also, question. I like this question. Very good, good question. question. I like this question. Who wants to start? Okay, I'll start. So the reason why I done it is pretty much because of my age. Um, and because of what I've done in the past, I've bombarded with my body with tons of crap over the years. I'm in my 40s now. I want to remain training now for the next 30 or 40 years. I feel really, really good. Um, I've got a good life. I've got a good life in my family. Um, I love what I do. I love waking up every morning feeling really, really good. I never want to go back to the old ways again of me staying in bed and being... I've never been in that situation where I did stay in bed, but from what I've seen with people that I work with, they they struggle to get up out of bed, they struggle to have any energy, whereas I'm the opposite. I'm up every day, I feel really, really good. Um, I'm listening to my body. I've ne honestly, I've never felt great, I've never felt, felt better. My workouts are getting better, just overall health's getting so much better. I get my blood markers done every few weeks, they're absolutely perfect. So why wouldn't I not do this for the rest of my life? I, I just don't see any reason why I, I would want to stop. I just, I feel really, really good. Awesome. What about you, Jonathan? I'll, I'll wrap. I'll wrap up after you. Yeah, sure. So, um, the main thing for me was I'm trying to look back now and think why I started it. I did a video like titled "My Three Year Carnival Journey." If you want to get more detail, but it's a mixture of all three of those things. Um, basically, wanted to maintain a good physique without all the stress or damage to my body, like Mark just outlined. Um, so it's kind of a mixture of all three. So it's like, how am I going to get a better body, enjoy my training, train harder, whilst maintaining the best health status? And the carnival diet seemed to align with all those three things. So that was basically it. Um, lots of different health issues and ailments over the last few years. Um, many, many, many of them. Um, people look at me and they, they see a big, like, 250-pound guy or whatever, 245. And they're like, oh yeah, this guy's you know got it easy, but they don't they don't see the full picture. Um, mm -hmm. You you guys both know like my uh, struggles physically, mentally, but what I've managed to overcome in that time, in spite of different issues I've had, is in my opinion, like when I look back at my former self, it's tremendous, and mm -hmm. I'm I'm glad other people get the same opportunity to experience the benefits I do. Like I know Colts mm -hmm. experiencing the same thing. I know. Mark's certainly going to experience the same thing as time progresses, and he's definitely experiencing it now. So, brilliant. Where you go? Yeah, good stuff. Um, and, and I'm going to answer that question. Thanks, Jonathan. Uh, and I just want to piggyback and, and um, a little bit off of kind of where you're where you're going with that. Um, that that's a super powerful transformation or a, a testimonial too, by the way. But uh, my my son, um, I've 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 noticed that the more we've been uh, reducing oxalates and and reducing it and and reducing um, anything that his body doesn't 100% need that's really not 100% carnivore. Um, cognitively, he's coming a long way now, um, and 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 I and I've noticed a very sharp, very acute, very direct correlation to where anytime he consumes um, to to where to where he can he consumes carbs specifically. Uh, but even anything high oxalate, um, 
he, he gets he gets pretty dysregulated and um and and so, and so i notice it night and day and so i think there's a lot of people maybe like yourself maybe like my son that are particularly um sensitive to it and i think i'm somewhere in that category too uh, so anyway i guess i just wanted to um se segue from there into yeah, you know, my, my reason to come into the carnivore diet in the first place was um, was a combination of everything, really. It, re it really was. Um, but coming from a past with uh, quite a bit of an eating disorder and ne needing some way to be able to um, nail it down and have something consistent that I could stick with. Um, I do great with rules, following rules. And so um, actually having an elimination diet just in general for me um, gave me some more structure around it. Um, but what what I what I did what I did notice after my first eight bodybuilding shows was that whenever I did a depletion day or a keto day, um, I felt a lot better and my and my brain power was better and it's, and especially um, e even intermittent fasting with carbs in my diet. Um, I mean, like I never checked, but I was probably in ketosis at the tail end of the of, of the fast, um, you know, quite frequently then. And I really just enjoyed how I felt when I was fasted. And then after a while, I was like, you know what? I think it's just carbs and plants. Whenever I'm eating carbs and plants, I'm, you know, I can I can be fed, but have but have meat in my belly and still feel great and still have my same focus and everything. But um, but I feel like my whole body changing and physiology changing whenever I consume anything that's not meat and and um, and, and when I get out of that fasting state too. So anyway, um, yeah, that and then and then definitely the looks. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I read uh, I read Robert Sykes's book, um, his his first book, not the new one. The new one's like a million times better. That's the one that you just bought, Mark. Um, but the but Robert's original book uh, kind of casted a vision that it was possible to maintain a decent physique year round a lot easier on a ketogenic diet. Um, and so I was like, wow, okay, well that sold me on ketogenic bodybuilding. And so I got it. So I got into ketogenic bodybuilding first. And, uh, and I was even kind of calling myself a carnivore for a while because I was 90, 95% carnivore, which is pretty much where, where I'm at now. You know, I'm hundred percent carnivore minus a keto brick, which is basically carnivore and, uh, you know, and a handful of supplements that are still kind of important to me. Um, but that last, but, but that, that last change has been, I think where I've seen, uh, the, the majority of the results. It's weird when you, when you make that, when you make that step from keto to carnivore, it feels like you're, you're only changing 5% of your diet. And really that's pretty much all you're doing, but that 5%, um, you get, uh, you, you get a hundred percent better results off of it. A lot of things change. Said. Keto to carnivore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the, the last 5% for a lot of people that makes all the difference. You know, if you've got any kind of tendency towards, um, any kind of cognitive disease state, you know it's like adhd autism anything like that that could be it that makes the big difference you know for a lot of people i think i think it's yeah, very well said yeah, yeah it, it, um, I, I think i think it's a lot of um heavy metal buildup um and and heavy and heavy metal toxicity and so i, I think i think that's the um you know the culprit that causes a lot causes a lot of those cognitive issues in the first place and i think that the carnivore diet is um i mean so 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 far for us we're noticing it to be uh, definitely a step in the right, right direction that way. Yeah. All right, we've got the next question. We've got about... Uh, looks about two or three more. We'll get through these quickly. Um, I'll give my quick take on this one. Um, I don't know because it's stretched towards cult. So what do you think, cult? Oh, <laughs> all right. This is from Matt in Norway. He's definitely not from Ireland. <laughs> it's an inside joke. Uh, 
what difference do I'm, I'm, I'm never I'm never gonna I'm never I'm never gonna forget about that one. <laughs> what difference do you notice in your digestion after taking the fiber containing keto bricks versus strict carnivore? Oh yeah. So um I guess I don't really know, bro. I've never really cut keto bricks out of my diet and I don't plan on doing it anytime soon because I love them and it's done miracles for my sweet cravings. Cause I am a sweet tooth junkie, bro. I mean like anything, anything sweet, I don't care what it is. Um, it's, it's good and I'll eat it and I will not complain about it. And I'll, and I'll sell out the entire donut shop or, or what, or whatever. And so I've always had a thing for sweets my entire life. And I don't think that a lot of people are, um, and I think there's a lot of people that aren't really different from that. Um, and so for that reason, it's, it's something that I really enjoy looking forward to. And then after that, um, my sweet tooth is completely satisfied. And, um, and then from there, it's just kind of beef and butter to, to satiety the rest of the day. Um, in terms of, so, so yeah, in terms of any changes with or without them, um, I don't, I don't really know, but, um, you know, so, so far, so far, so good. I'm just one and done in the morning, completely effortlessly. There's like hardly anything that comes out because my body's using and soaking up everything that I'm, that I'm, that I'm eating. And I don't think there's a lot of fiber in these things. Let me double check and, and see how, and see how much there is. There's 91 grams of fat, 30 grams of protein, and uh, 14 grams total carbs. Not net carbs, but total carbs. Let's see how much fiber is in This is the nootropic icing flavor, of course, my favorite. Uh, four grams of fiber for the entire bar. So I figure on four grams of fiber, that's kind of negligible. I mean, dogs eat that much fiber, right? Speaking of which, fun fact, did you guys know that uh, ideal macros for dogs are kind of around like two to one protein ratio and, and, and basically just like trace carbs and whatever they, whenever they do eat a plant. Sound familiar? <laughs> yes. That's kind they of get, they get away with high protein to fat ratios. Or, excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, well, well, no, no, excuse me. Um, higher, higher, higher fat than protein. Maybe I said it backwards. But they, but they, but, um, yeah, I, th I, th I, I don't know if that's correct. Um, oh, okay. That's, we, we've been, we've been researching. I mean, I understand where it's right, coming right, from. It, it's just back to front. I think they can tolerate higher protein and fat. Um, because they weren't given fatty cuts of meat, that'd be more prioritized in the diet um, historically from the sense of them being domesticated captive. You know, you weren't going to give the fat, the, the ribeye cut of the, the woolly mammoth to your dog. You're going to get oh, to keep that for true. yourself because it's the most energy rich. Yeah. Does, that make, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you have to do rapid fire because my computer's going to die any given minute. Um, how often do you guys recommend seafood in order to get more omega free and nutrients found in seafood? Um, I recommend them to have it if they get a taste for it. About you guys? Mm. Huh. Really interesting. Uh, personally, I never really recommend that they need it because I'm not aware of any nutrients whatsoever in fish that are 100% necess necessary. Um, in the United States, you're pretty much always safe with beef. Um, you're a lot safer with beef than you are with chicken, uh, pork, um, even even fish too. There's there's there seems to be there seems to to be um, I, don't know, I guess I guess more not more harm than done in, in, in eating fish over here because of course the mercury levels and and and, th and, th and things are well all aware of that direction. Um, but even coming back to beef, um, good quality 
grass-fed beef is going to have higher omega-3s than omega-6s. If it's grain-finished and grain-fed, um, that's where you're going to see a higher omega-6 ratio. So mm-hmm. I don't see any reason to necessarily pursue fish um, for the sole reason of omega-3s. But you, Mark? I would rather have people have a variety in their diet per, per week. So instead of just eating the same food every week, I would rather them see them having some sort of fatty fish in their diet at least twice a week. It could be salmon, mackerel, sardines, oysters, um, just a different fat source. And just instead of just focusing on the same fat source all the time, like which is basically ground beef, steak, that, that shit can have a toll on you all the time if you're eating that all the time. Whereas if you, I find that if you to get more benefits out of food that you're eating, add more variety to your actual diet. So add more, definitely add some fish in at least once or twice or even three times a week. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Brilliant. That's a good answer. Yeah. Eat as much and, and, carnival food that you can tolerate. That's healthy. You know. And if you're and if you're not consuming fish, maybe supplement with like cod liver oil. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you believe that you need supplements on a carnivore diet or is it not necessary because it's so nutrient dense Um, we kind of covered this one already today I'll just say you don't need any supplements some can be useful in the right circumstance Um, I think most people have access to ways of living and eating that mean they don't need any supplements yeah yeah I would agree with 100% for me it's just short and sweet you pretty much if you're if you're eating uh, good food and you're getting good sleep, good rest. You're training properly. You shouldn't need any supplements at all. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say, make sure you're drinking a lot of protein powder, though, because that's how you build muscles. <laughs> nice one. He's, he's being sarcastic, boy, <laughs> Matt. Don't um, don't misinterpret that. <laughs> um, how much water do you recommend? Drink to first or have water target? My short and sweet answer is drink to first. Um, I don't recommend a water target. I think that throws things off. Yeah. It means yeah. you don't have to look at other calculations. Uh, for point of reference, I'm a, a big, heavy bodybuilder. Not as big and heavy as I'd like to be at the moment, but still. And I drink two liters per day, approximately give or take about four, five hundred milliliters. So one and a half yeah. to two and a half liters per day. I'm fine. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Just drink when you're thirsty. That's it. Don't force it. Don't force it in. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna add a couple things to that. Um, if you're gonna if if you know you're gonna eat a bigger uh, a high protein meal or a high fat meal really if you, if if you know you're gonna eat a big meal, um, go go and do it like with, um, I don't know eight, eight eight ounces of water depending on your body weight. Like I would probably drink an entire one of these, which is like sixteen ounces. I don't know how many liters that comes out to seven hundred milliliters, I guess. Um, because I just know because I I, I just know proactively that my body is gonna need that water to better digest it. Um, also, um, the, the, the other exception that I would have to drinking to thirst is if you're on a strict prep and you're, tra- and you're training either to peak or to, uh, to, to peak either for a show or for a photo shoot. Um, but knowing exactly where your water is at, then you can manipulate it. And so again, this is more about vanity and aesthetics and less to do with overall health and, uh, training long-term. If you don't have a show or anything coming up to to where like you need to be in top shape, forget about it. Drink till thirst. Perfect, brilliant, excellent answers, guys. Um, I've got a quick question for you. Go. 
Right. Go What's the what, what are you what are you guys' opinion on hit training versus low steady state? In in, in regards to like weight loss or in an off season or whatever. I mean, are you? I mean, bro, are you trying to get us all to argue because we do not agree on this one? Trying to wonder something. <laughs> that's the reason why. I, but that's the reason why I brought it up because I've heard your I've heard your I've heard your uh, argument on it, and I've heard Jonathan's on it. So let's get on and let's see what we can we can come up with. <laughs> well. Um, all right, I was, I was just going to say, Jonathan's probably right, and I'm probably wrong, uh, scientifically no, speaking. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay, okay, exactly. okay, okay, okay. Scientifically speaking, um, anecdotally, hit cardio has never worked for me. It's only gotten me injured, and uh, low-intensity cardio all the way has gotten me absolutely diced. And But, but yeah, I lost muscle doing it. But that's okay because I wanted to get diced and I wanted to be the leanest person on that stage, and I did it. <laughs> yeah, I think they can both work. I think one can potentially cause more muscle loss and cause you issues down the road. Um, for example, left ventricular hypertrophy is more common if you're doing steady state cardio, more likely to have a heart attack, more likely to drop dead in a marathon and die, which is not a nice thing to hear. But that's the, the scientific inference, I think. Um, I think that the benefit on your muscle fibers is better with HIIT training. Um, yeah. I think that ideally you don't do any cardio in that sense. I think daily activity is better. So you're, you're swimming, you're walking the dog, stuff like that, chilling out. Um, mm -hmm. That's better overall. It's going to put mm -hmm. less stress in your heart, so you're not going to have that adaptive mechanism where you get a huge, giant heart that weighs like 800 grams, like Dallas McCarver. Rich Piana and countless other bodybuilders that have died over the years. Um, they were doing lots of steady state cardio. Um, I've, I've been, I've well. been reducing mine for that reason too, by the way, and and heading yeah. more kind of the direction that you that, that that you guys are a fan of, especially in terms of non exercise activity thermogenesis. I'm like, okay, um, I, I noticed that like that conversation had me laughing so hard, and that got my heart rate up. You know, did I burn did, did I burn as much energy as I was on the stair mill? No. But the stairmill is going to jack my cortisol up. I mean, it, it 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 doesn't for me. I'm talking for the average person. I I actually like the stair the stairmill. I'm I'm probably mentally ill because of it. But, um, but like it, any any kind of white knuckling cardio to where you're forcing it, you're doing way more damage than than good. Absolutely. Um, if it's something in, enjoyable and it feels good and if and it, and it's and it's something to where you're like, wow, it's kind of a relief to be able to get to do it. Um, I don't. I don't see how you can go wrong with it. I think that's your body telling you that. Yeah, no, more is better. Go for it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think you can get. <laughs> well, the the biggest, the biggest, you know, this this channel, um, Colt's following, Mark's following, body composition. That's what we're focusing on. Mm -hmm. um, the problem with long steady state cardio is that it increases appetite in most people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It slows down your thyroid output. Slows your metabolism. Uh, you end up doing having to do more and more and more. It's kind of like yep. the same as the volume principle in training. You know, if you use only the amount of sets you do and reps you do put in training to as your metrics to improve your body composition, you're going to be chasing that forever. You're, I yep. spoke to someone recently; she was on 209 sets per week. 209. I'm on around 50. You know, obviously something there isn't working if she has to do that much to maintain a physique yeah yeah i'm building my physique on 50. Mm. you see what i mean so it's the same is true yeah. with um training um i think ideally you'd be doing your high intensity you know 
difficult, intense training yeah. style in the gym. You know, two, three, four times a week, whatever you can manage. You'll tag that along with your daily activity. I think there has to be a differential. So um, I advise people, if they're going to do any kind of high-intensity training, do it on a day that isn't your actual training day. Keep it as mm -hmm. far away from your physical training in the gym as much as possible. Um, yeah. And in the same point, if someone is going to be adding in high-intensity training, I wouldn't be doing that to sacrifice the resistance training. And yeah. also not to sacrifice the recovery from the resistance training. So there's heaps of caveats there to each of our arguments. Mm -hmm. um, mm. and you got to find something you enjoy at the end of the day. You know, you got to be able to sort of stay, stay doing it. Um, I can't do high intensity training because my hips won't let me right now. Yeah. You know, yeah, me too. that's my caveat. So mm -hmm. I might be better off walking the dog down the park for like half an hour. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's basically it for me. Yeah. Um, so for me, for me, I, I agree with both of you. I would always class it on the individual. So how I work it around is okay. Like what 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 is your what's your life like outside training? If you've got a hectic life, if you've got like if you're let's say you're working on a building site, you don't need any cardio, none whatsoever. You, the only thing you should be focused on is weight training. Whereas if you're someone that's a sedentary, that's sitting in the office all day, then yeah, you might be able to add in maybe a walk after training, but that's it, just a walk. Not, no, not high and steady state because you got to understand you're going from a stressful environment from your work schedule and you're going into another stressful environment which is going to be the gym where you should just focus on getting really, really, really damn strong and then that's it then. But if you think that but you're going into the gym and doing tons and tons of cardio is going to get you the results that you want, it's, it's, actually, it's actually going to hinder your progress because like Cole says, it's going to raise your course at all levels. Your, your sugar yeah. cravings, your sugar cravings are going to go up. You're going to be craving a lot more food. So what's happened is you're actually going backwards. You're meant to be going forward. Whereas if you're building more muscle, your metabolism will speed up. And in, in time, your body will want more food than going forward. So that means when you are changing and you're, get, you're getting leaner, you're getting extremely lean, but you're actually eating more food. If you eat more, or if you have more cardio, what you're doing there is you're burning muscle when you burn muscle, it slows down metabolism. So look, you need to look at when you build muscle. Look at as as if you've you you've won the lottery. You've built that muscle. Hold on to it. Don't don't fucking ruin it by go doing tons and tons of cardio because it's actually going to hinder your progress going forward. Yeah, very well said. Like the way you piece up together, you kind of um, explain both arguments in a very sensible way, which is approachable. You know, it makes sense what you said. Like I think the average person watching this right now will be able to understand it completely well. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, th yeah. Th thanks, thanks, Mark. I mean, wow. Uh, bo both of you guys really just, um, you know, stimulated some good light bulb moments. Uh, so I'm writing this down in my journal right now. So a qu uh, question for both of you: um, I'm currently doing a lot of low intensity cardio right now, and uh, and and part of that is because I was training for a marathon. Right, that dream was kind of shattered because my foot is just um, it's. It it, 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 it it needs some time to recover from any kind of running. However, I'm still very um, cardiovascularly, um, I guess, I guess athletic right now. <laughs> um, that being said, I, I would like to reduce low intensity for that, for that reason. Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be peaking a mountain in the, in the, in the summer. So that's kind of what we replaced that goal with. We're, we're peaking Granite Peak in Billings, Montana. Um, I think it's, it's between 11,000, 14,000 feet. Um, but so cardiovascular health is still important to me. Um, how, how should I, how should I taper off of, of cardio right now? Do you think like doing more walks and just like spending more time at the park? And it just, it just seems really hard to track. You know what I mean? Um, I'm guest posing 
for a bodybuilding competition in three months. So gaining any excess body fat as of now is kind of out of the question. I can't, I, I can't allow that. Um, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you guys think? speaking to Colt who likes to track everything and analyze stuff. He's billing yeah. me. So right, right, right. <laughs> me, me just saying to him, just chill out a bit and just do a bit less is, it's not going to work. Yeah. He needs a direct, if he needs a staggered sort of fashion. I think what you're doing at the moment, Colm, that's false. At the moment, you're doing this great because you're, you're, you're using up a lot of energy by working yeah. and you're probably, you're probably moving around. So you're, you're burning energy doing it that way. I would, yeah. I, I would, I would just do it that way because you have to understand like you're doing an awful lot of work. You said to me, you're doing 12 hour days. So that's yeah. a lot of work. So you're using up a lot of energy. If you're using up a lot of energy, plus you're going for a run, plus you're going to the gym, eventually your body's going to break down. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. So I would, I would definitely hinder one of them. I definitely wouldn't get rid of the weight training and I definitely wouldn't get rid of the work schedule, get rid of the cardio. Okay. And so with that's probably going to become a reduced appetite and probably less overall body fat or less overall dietary fat that I would need to consume. Mm, no, I, I would just look at your, I would just look at your food volume. And if you're getting sloppy looking, then you'll just, just a food, just a food of macros then. But yeah. just keep an eye on your just keep an eye on your physique. If you're getting pretty sloppy, then just adjust, adjust the macros to where, where you are right now. That's all you need to do. Right. I, I would I would definitely not add on don't add more onto more because sometimes it can actually hinder your progress. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks. Oh, Thanks, good. everybody. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Coach Mark Ennis. You can find him on Instagram at fitnessbeyondtime01. I was just about to double check, but I was like, man, we've done this so many times now. Uh, it's just rolling off the tongue. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Griffiths, composition consultant. You can find him on Instagram there too. Uh, make sure that you're subscribed to this channel and that you have bell notifications on because uh, we're going live every single Tuesday. We haven't missed one in eight weeks, right? We've done We've done eight of these now. Um, and we're, and, and it's, oh, yeah. and you're about to, you're about to hear it on a podcast too. So give me some time to, you know, I'm working 12 hour days, right? Everybody knows you just heard that. <laughs> so it might be a week or two before, before we publish them. Um, I'm going to go to Seattle and train Carly through her show. She's, um, she, she's, she's kind she's kind of a new carnivore, um, just for a depletion phase. And then she'll be back to her normal diet, <laughs> back to peaking mountains and everything else she normally does. But yeah. Uh, that's what's happening here. Thanks again, everybody, so much for all your questions and uh, for and for joining us. And catch you next time, ne next week, same time, uh, twelve thirty p.m. Pacific, and then half eight for Ireland <laughs> and half nine for Jonathan. Right? Same same time no, for Jonathan. It's still half eight, yeah. Oh, it's same time yeah, for you. My bad. On the same, half same eight pocket for, on the globe. Half eight for oh, both yeah. of you guys. Same pocket yeah. on the globe. Got it. Half eight. <laughs> half eight. Cheers, guys. Take care. Cheers, yeah, goodbye. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in. Make sure you're subscribed and please share the show. Your support means the world to us. It's been what's helping us get this production off the ground in the first place. So just thanks so much for that. This lifestyle is simply who each of us are and helping others achieve similar results is more rewarding than all the money in the world could ever be. Thank you so much for helping spread the knowledge. You can follow all three of us on Instagram, Jonathan at composition underscore consultant, Mark at fitness beyond time zero one, and myself at Colt Milton. I wish mine was cooler than that. For more from any of us, you can check out Jonathan's YouTube channel, Composition Consultant, or you can listen to Mark and myself on Skullbells TV. Thank you so much for joining, and we'll catch you next week.